1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Glad to have you here. Thursday night football. Not exactly one of the better matchups with the uh, Patriots, who uh, could barely put any points on the board, taking on the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Big game for the Steelers. Uh, you know, this got to be a must-win for them, and I, I can't imagine any way, shape or form that the Steelers lose this game tonight. I mean, that would be unbelievable. I know it's the NFL and we see things each and every week that we can't believe in terms of who wins and who loses. But if the Patriots were to win in Pittsburgh tonight, uh, that would not only surprise me, that would shock me. Your other games coming up this weekend, Tampa is at Atlanta, Chicago hosts Detroit, uh, The Colts are in Cincinnati to take on Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals, the Folsom quarterback, coming off a great performance on Monday night against Jacksonville, who is uh, taking on the Browns. Carolina is at New Orleans. Uh, The Jets host the Texans. Zach Wilson back at quarterback for the Jets. Prevent offense. Uh, The Rams, they're on the road. They take on Baltimore. The Vikes are in Vegas to play the Raiders. It's the Niners and Seahawks in Santa Clara. Buffalo's at Kansas City. Denver travels to take on the Chargers in L.A. And uh, Sunday night, all right, got a good one. Philadelphia, Dallas. And then you have a doubleheader. I, I don't understand this at all. You got a doubleheader on Monday. Tennessee at Miami. And Green Bay at the Giants. You got Arizona and Washington with late buys. So that's your NFL schedule. Kings and Sons tomorrow. Don't ask me about the NBA in-season tournament because I don't care about it. Um, I guess there's a game going on right now with Milwaukee and Indiana. The, this tournament does nothing for me. I have no interest in it. I will not watch You know the games in Vegas. I don't care. Makes no difference to me. Uh, I think it's stupid. Uh, I think it's a gimmick. And to me, especially if you're a team like Sacramento, you know, you can talk talk all you want about, gee, you know, Monday was the quarterfinal knockout stage against New Orleans. So what? You know what? They lost a game that they needed to win to show that they can play with the Pelicans, which in three games this year, they have not shown that they can match up and play with the Pelicans either. With CJ McCollum or without CJ McCollum, so that's the way I look at that. All right, we got uh, phone calls that we're going to get to. You know the routine: you raise your hand, and we will do it. We say hello to Rich. Rich, good to have you on the show as my leadoff man. How are you?
1: Hey Grant, I'm doing good. How are you today?
2: I'm very well, thank you.
1: Good, good. Well, I'm I'm uh, cruising around in the rain in Sac, sac- Town right now, and uh, I just want to give a big shout out to your big sponsor, Bennett's. They catered a party, a a get together for us. We actually had a service for my oldest sister that passed away and there are 70 of us and they did a fabulous job.
2: Well, I'm really happy to hear that. I'm very sorry to hear about your sister prayers to you and your family. And uh, thank you very much for all you do. But, you know, that that's awesome. Boy, that's a lot of people. There 70 people and uh, good for you. And I really appreciate you. You know, talking about Bennett's because uh, Brian does a phenomenal job. I know you know Brian from years past at Chevys, but uh, Bennett's is great. I'm very happy that it worked out for you.
1: All right, Grant. Well, thank you very much, and uh, have a good rest of your show.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye now. Good stuff right there. All right. His first trip to uh, Bennett's, and I'm very happy that everything uh, went well. All right, if you want to get in on the program, all you need to do is uh, raise your hand, and uh, we would love to uh, talk to you, whether it's uh, the NBA – whether it's the NFL, whether it's college football. I talked about this the other day. I I don't know what the NCAA tournament's supposed to do. You have five, you know, uh, power conference teams, and guess what? Only four can go. So you knew going in before the season started that there was a scenario where somebody was going to get left out in the cold. And you can make an argument two teams got left out in the cold with Florida State and Georgia, but only four can go. All right? So no matter what you would have done, all right, we're going to have a team that's saying, "What? wow. And I understand that Florida State's undefeated, and I get how they are upset. The Seminole fans. I get it. I understand. I'd be upset, too. But what are you supposed to do, right? You know, once Alabama beat Georgia, the number one team in the country, and they only had one loss, and it was to Texas, that made it very difficult. And there's no way you could take Alabama and not take Texas. No way. You cannot take two one-loss teams, or excuse me, you could take. You could not take a one-loss team whose only loss was at home, all right, in this case, Alabama to Texas. Take them and not take Texas. I mean, if, if you're only going to take one of those teams, if you're only going to take one, Texas or Alabama, Texas is the team. Alabama doesn't go. And I would have been okay with that because, to me, the body of work for Alabama this year was not great, All right, They barely beat Auburn, you know, the fourth and 31, fourth and goal at the 31, right? They got lucky there. You know, they didn't play well against teams early in the season. Texas went in there and spanked them back in September badly. You know, and don't tell me, well, gee, it was September. Ah, uh-uh, September still counts. It's still part of the college football season. So I would have been okay if they would said, well, you know, your your body of work. Your games were too close. I'm, I'm I'd be okay with that, but I'm also okay that after beating the number one team in Georgia, that you get in with only one loss. I'm okay with that as well. So, that's my take on it. Uh, it is what it is, and now you get ready for uh, the college football all season. All right, who wants to be next? We'll roll right along, and we say hello to John. John, welcome. How are you?
1: How you doing, Grant? Good, John. What's happening? Well, kind of like Rich, I'm driving around in the rain here in SAC. uh, And I will commend Brian Bennett's and his restaurants. I've still yet to be to the Rockland location, but that place is fabulous. Now, I know know we've been talking about uh, college football, obviously. And um, you're right. There's no way on God's good earth that Texas shouldn't be there because they spank Alabama. And then they kept winning. So there's no way that they shouldn't be there. I fully agree with that. And like we talked about, you know, Florida State's quarterback going down. It's just terrible for the team. But realistically, it gives us the best four that are going to compete for the championship, in my opinion, anyways.
2: I do agree with you. I mean, I think that you're going to have competitive games this year. You didn't have competitive games in the semifinals last year. The games were horrible.
1: Oh, no question about it. Georgia just killed everybody anyways, last year and the previous year nobody was a match for Georgia, but you know, they've come down to earth quite a bit. So I know it's an expansion next year. I didn't hear, is it going to eight teams or 12 teams or what's going Uh, on there?
2: uh, 12 teams. Yes. They're expanding next year. And I'm, I'm okay Okay. with that. You know, I mean that too bad. It wasn't this year, John, too bad. It was not this year, you know, too bad that you, you, you couldn't do it this year.
1: No doubt about it because, man, that would – even if we're just eight teams, I think 12 might be a bit too many. But as I say that now, next year we might be looking at eight teams and then saying, man, there could have been two more teams that would have made this real interesting. So it's almost the more the merrier. I mean, there's so damn many college football teams. Give everybody a chance because you never know who's yep. who's going to play well at the end. It's I can't wait to see it. Just like when this – Started what it been 10 years or take it was about. Damn I gotta 20. let John, I, John,
2: I gotta let you go. Unfortunately, you're breaking up real bad on me, but I do appreciate that. Uh, but yes, um, you will have the field expanded next year, and that's a good thing, in my opinion. All right, so the, the, the interesting thing about the playoff next year is the first rounds would take place, I believe, at the home field uh, of the highest-seeded team, all right? Or the home team can decide uh, on another site, but it's going to be a home game for them. So that's that would be good, you know? That would be good. All right, let's get to some more calls right here on this Thursday with Dorian. And we say hello. Hello, Dorian. How are you?
3: Hey, Graham. Doing so awesome. Hope everyone's having a really great day. Uh, Hopefully, Kings get a big win tomorrow against the Suns. But Grant, uh, I know you're talking a little about college football. I wanted to call in and just kind of give a shout out to my my uh, my Hornets. You know, they went eight and five this year. Uh, I think Coach Andy Thompson did a pretty good job, despite of uh, you know all the players that he had. I thought Kaden Bennett uh, as quarterback did a pretty good job. They have a really good freshman. I'm not sure what his name is, um, but unfortunately, they lost to South Dakota in that playoff game. But um, You know, a big win against Stanford, you know, that, that those first couple weeks. So um, I'm not sure if you've got to follow the Hornets this year, uh, Grant, but they went in five. And uh it's been a really cool um seeing the program just be, you know, uh, having been turned around the last four or five years. I mean, when I was on the team, we weren't very good at all. Um, we had two big wins, one against Oregon State at Research Stadium and then one against Colorado with a game winning field goal. That was really cool. It was basically the highlights of of my career at, at, as a as a hornet but um it's been really cool to see that program kind of evolve and get better over time
2: yeah i didn't i didn't follow the team this year i was very well aware that they, they beat stanford you know i was always following uh sac state when bob Maddox was the coach sure. when i first came to sacramento and Greg Knapp was uh, a, a graduate assistant on that yeah. team and um you know had such a phenomenal uh coaching career in the nfl and tragically was killed yeah. Uh, on a, uh, in a Mike, bike I- accident a couple of years ago it was horrible. Just awful. Uh, yeah. I love Greg. Greg was such a, a great man. Uh, but I used to cover Sac State, you know, and UC Davis when Jim Soker was the coach. And I, I love that college football. Unfortunately, the town never got behind Sac State. You sure. know, I know John Bullock, who I have the immense respect for John Bullock. I have immense respect for the man. Uh, but, you know, he came to Sacramento State and had big aspirations, and I, I told him once, I go, John, come on, you know, he came. I, I interviewed him on the radio once, and he said, you know, my goal is to make, you know, uh, Sacramento State um, the Florida State of the West, and I, I was on the radio, and I started laughing, I'm like, John, come on, stop it, you know, and yeah, you know, he was dead serious, I mean, that's how ambitious he was, and you know, I, and, and then, you know, again, I had the utmost respect for John, but I'm I'm happy to see that program, though, Elevate themselves. You know, last year was a banner year. I thought this year, you know, record-wise, they took a little step back, but still, totally. it was a very respectable year.
3: Yeah, there's in, in that circle right there. There's a lot of really passionate people about Hornet sports and Hornet football. Yes. There's people that donate. Yes. There's big stewards there. I think if the stadium makes an upgrade. I think it it looks kind of like a glorified high school stadium right now. Yes, it does. But I think as the years progress and the program gets more money and there's 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 more local recruits, uh, they're, they're doing a really good job of recruiting a lot of local people here in the Sacramento area, which is really cool. And I think more and more people as the program evolves and gets better and creates a, a better winning tradition, I think there'll be more money uh, funded for a better, more equipped stadium. But at the end of the day, people still have to go and support, right? Like, there's no reason to build a bigger stadium if people aren't back in the stands
2: yeah I, you know exactly uh, I do agree with you it is like a glorified high school stadium I mean you know in Texas for instance that would be a bad stadium you sure. know where Sac State Place oh, for high school you know but he, here's the deal and I've always said this and I don't know what the reason is but when I moved to California uh, I came from Big Ten country now I'm not going to compare anything but even the, the the Pac-12 the Pac-10 when I first came out there and the Pac-12 it, it, it doesn't compare in atmosphere. There are a couple of exceptions. You know, if you go to a game at Oregon, if you go to a game at Washington, but I guess the point I was trying to say is that college football, particularly in the Sacramento area, fans don't gravitate towards it. As a matter of fact, when you look at the national television ratings for the big college football games, Sacramento doesn't even appear on the map. Like, no one watches when I'm, and I'm generalizing when I say no one. I mean, I watch college football. You watch college football, but but as a area, as a market, there's just now not interest in college football. They don't watch the big games, you know. And I've I've been puzzled by that, but it is what it is. It just, you know. And I'll tell you something else, Dorian. You know, how many years did I do radio in Sacramento? Twenty six years, every day. Mm-hmm. Do you know that I could probably count on my fingers and toes? The number of times in 26 years they got a call about college football, <laughs> they, they, no, really, they, no yeah. one ever wanted to talk about it. I would, I would bring up big games and I would talk. I'd even have, you know, uh, Chris Landry on, who was great talking about college football. And we would talk about it. I would have, you know, other guests on and I would never get a follow up call about what we just talked about. People didn't care about it in Sacramento. Sacramento sure. is one of the worst college football communities that I've ever been in in terms of interest. As a whole, the community does not care about college football. So yeah. you're right; it's a it's it's a problem.
3: It is yeah. a problem. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. You know, with 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 Sac being one of the only, only universities here, obviously you have Davis down in Street, and I know Davis's head of coach just just stepped down, and they just uh, hired the I think a former quarterback from UC Davis, which is really cool. But yeah, I think you know Sacramento uh, Sacramento Kings, Sac Republic. I mean, that they, they they dominate. You know the, the sports. World and and I wanted to big give another big shout out to my former teammate actually, Henry Fernandez, who is a secondary defensive analyst uh, for the Texas Longhorns. And I don't really watch college football, but it's been really great to see his career kind of evolve. He went from UW to Texas, and he's on the staff now. And I know they're one That's of great. the four, yeah they're they're one of the four teams in the college f- football playoff things. Um. So, really, shout out to him, and uh, he's really—he was a really great linebacker for for us back when I played. One random question, uh, Grant, that I have for you—I um, I, I didn't get a chance to ask you for an open forum Wednesday. But what is the process when a player gets traded, or when a player gets picked up on waiver? What is the physical process? Is that similar to a college player, or what? what what's the difference? What What is that? I pro- don't. I don't know. I don't understand your question. Like when when someone's passing, when someone's going through a physical to get on the team? What is that process like?
2: Oh, what's the physical like? Um, I have no idea. I okay. I, I, I don't know what, what it entails. I do know that they're given a medical evaluation, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, a team doctor. and But yeah. I mean, in terms of strength, in terms of, you know, other things, the, the, the one thing I do know, this this part I do know, when a player has a history of injury, yeah. Uh, the team that is making the trade has to send all the imaging sure. to the current team. All right. So like if there are MRIs, if there are x-rays, all of that is sent to the team doctor of the new team and their doctors then evaluate those images and make their own determination on whether a person can continue or not. So I do know that as part of the quote-unquote physical but I, I don't really know what else it entails i don't know the answer to that
3: got it i know for us it was i'm, I'm sure there's some similarities but you know we had a vision test you know we had somebody take a look at our body anatomy all that stuff so i'm sure yeah. there are differences but i'm sure it's a little bit more like you said the imaging and stuff like that getting sent to other teams it, it goes way more in that but yeah just a random yeah, now one. you
2: can you, you can also waive it i mean if you if you acquire a player uh you pick up a player on waivers or whatever, you can waive it. You don't have to give the a player a physical. And that does happen sometimes where okay. it's done solely for monetary reasons, cap reasons, and the team that is acquiring a player doesn't care because they're going to plan on releasing that player anyway. Sure. So they don't really care or they want the player no matter what. And so they waive the physical and they have that right to do it. It, it happens. It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen.
3: Gotcha. That makes sense. Well, hope the Kings get a win tonight or tomorrow against the Sunday Grant. Thanks so much for taking my call and appreciate uh, you and all the Kings content. Thanks so much. Bye bye. Yep. Pre
2: game, halftime, post game coming up tomorrow as the Kings are in Phoenix to uh, take on the Suns. So big game. You know, it's a big game. Phoenix is, thought they got screwed. Uh, as it turned out, the last two minute report thought there were three missed calls uh, down the stretch and they all went against the Lakers. So who knows? Who knows? I mean, you know the NBA is happy they got they got LeBron in the uh, semifinals, and they're happy they got Yana or Kumbo as uh, they are taking on the uh, Indiana Pacers right now. Again, I I don't care. I don't care about this tournament. I really don't. I have zero interest in it. I have zero interest in the court. I have zero interest in the uniforms. I don't care. You know, you know. I read that the Lakers are upset that they can't wear their black jerseys. You know, like really, that's what you're. That's what you're concerned about going to Vegas. You know, you're upset that you can't wear your black jerseys. Unbelievable. Uh, by the way, uh, I am looking at the score right now, and Indiana does have the lead against Milwaukee at the half, sixty-three to fifty-one, which is rather surprising. You know, when you think about Indiana and you know with Edikumbo, but uh, once again, Tyrese Halliburton, you know. An outstanding first half with 11 points and seven assists. You know, he's having a tremendous year. Oh, and no turnovers. That's a hell of a half. 11 points, seven assists, no turnovers for uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Buddy he Healed also uh, starting. He's been coming off the bench a lot, but he had a very quiet half with uh, four points. Very interesting, though, that that score is what it is at the 63 251, the uh, semifinal. final guess the Pacers like playing for that 500 grand, huh? It's a pretty good half. They don't get the five. It shouldn't be a sensitive issue. It shouldn't be. It, it should not be at all. So the mass shooting in Las Vegas where LeBron James came out and talked about gun violence in America. I don't have a problem with that. You know, he, he has a right to say what he wants as it pertains to gun violence. So I don't, I don't have any problem with that. I, I have zero issues with that. You know, you, you want to come out and talk about all the tragedies that we have in America as it relates to gun violence? Go right ahead. You know what? That's your right as an American. And I don't, I don't have a problem with that. All right. You also have over 50 billion people that follow you on social media he said it was senseless all right and i'm okay with him saying that then the nba comes out and they release a statement about the shooting the nba family is heartbroken by today's senseless shooting at unlv we extend our sincerest condolences to the families and friends of the victims as well as the Entire Las Vegas community. You know what I'd like from LeBron James just once? I would like him to condemn anti Semitism in the United States of America. You know what I'd like from the NBA, who's got a Jewish commissioner and a previous commissioner in David Stern, who was also Jewish, just to come out and support the Jewish people of the United States of America and condemn anti Semitism. All right? I don't see that from any of our sports leagues. But the NFL has no problem putting N-racism on the field, and it takes all of us. But when it comes to anti-Semitism crickets, all right, that bothers me. It bothers me me that, once again, people are selective with their noise against hate, as Mitch Albom so eloquently wrote in a column after the anti-Semitic comments by Deshaun Jackson years ago while playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Actually, the summer of 2020 to be exact. All right? And Mitch Album said it perfectly. We cannot be selective with our noise, especially against hate. And his point was that people turn their heads because they are selective with their noise. And I have a problem with that. I have a problem with the fact that our sports leagues have been completely for the most part, silent. And I'm not talking about the conflict in the Middle East. I'm not talking about Israel. I'm not talking about the Palestinians. I'm not talking about Hamas. I'm not talking about Hezbollah. I'm talking about American citizens living in the United States of America, who because of their religion are being attacked. They are, I got a very good friend, very good friend, whose son goes to Harvard. Shared. That's wrong. That, that is freaking wrong. That is wrong. And I don't hear anything from LeBron James, all right, when it comes to anti-Semitism, not once. Not once. But yet the NBA, you take a player, Myers Leonard, playing a video game, all right, and utters a word that is Jewish culture, all right, Jews and their religion, and basically he's blackballed from the league, okay? Yeah, oh, yeah, let's take this individual and ruin his career. Let's use him as an example. When he used the word, they didn't even know what it meant, Let's ruin this individual. Let's cancel him. Let's make sure he's gone. Boom. But now the NBA is silent. I want to talk about all of the semitism going on in the country. It's wrong. It's flat out wrong. You cannot be selective with your noise against hate. Period. Hate is hate. All right? Hate is hate. And just once, just once, I would love to see LeBron James come out and condemn anti-Semitism. I'd like him just once and make a statement when a white person is murdered in the United States of America. Just once. You cannot be selective with your noise when it comes to hate. Hate is hate. And that's the biggest problem that I see right now without going political with our country. Politicians are too selective with their noise. Sports leagues are too selective with their noise. Individuals, with large social media followings, are too selective with their noise, and it's wrong. It's flat out wrong. So you want to come out and make a statement about senseless gun violence, fine. I'm I'm fine with that. Can't be crickets on other areas of our society hate. That's my little rant for today. All right, if you want to get in on the program uh raise your hand by the way the reason why i'm saying this and i don't know if it's because of where i grew up it shouldn't matter where you grow up in the united states of America. we're either all americans or we're not like you can't have it both ways all right if you're an american citizen then you're an american citizen doesn't mean we all have to agree on everything we have democrats we have republicans we have independents you agree that you know uh in your you know right to bear arms you don't agree. That's fine. That's all part of being in this country. And I'm fine with that, okay? But at the end of the day, we're all of the same country, okay? And it bothers me that I grew up in an area a very high Jewish population, Long Island, New York. Many of my friends in high school were Jewish. I went to many bar mitzvahs growing up as a kid. But I was Unitarian, I was a Unitarian Universalist, but I never once, even growing up, it will, I never had thoughts of connotations in my head as it pertained to my Jewish friends. But I have talked to my Jewish friends about what's going on, not over in the Middle East, And again, I'm not even going to get into that because I'm I'm not qualified to talk about on the history of the Israelis and the Palestinians and what's going on. So I'm not going there, okay? And don't ask me about that because I'm not qualified to speak on that. But as an American, I'm very qualified to talk on what's going on in this country. And, you know, when my American Jewish friends are bothered, fearful about going to their synagogues and what have you? That's wrong. There's Not enough talk in this country about Semitism and that bothers me. And I'm not Jewish, and it bothers me. And I'm. Uh, it bothers me that more people aren't bothered by it. My issue. All right, let's get to uh, Al. Al, welcome to the show. How are you today?
4: I'm well, good, Nate. How are you doing?
2: Good, buddy. What's happening today?
4: Well, you know, it is selective. And that's you know to me it's selective and it all depends on I'm back to the flow chart like we, we've talked about I' seen certain certain uh, sectors of our society are going to dogpile on other sectors and the people that are under the lowest on the do, under the dog province seems to be the Jewish community with the anti-Semitism and there's it to me it's very selective and that's what causes it, it helps to make the divide in this country even worse. Because, you know instead of seeing someone cross the line and maybe like you said alluded to, hey, why didn't you know LeBron call out anti-Semitism or, or when a white person is instead of not seeing that, it's just fueling you know the the division within the country so, it's very selective when you look I at mean, it. It's,
2: it's unbelievable. It's. Could you imagine at these college campuses if these protests were against black people and they were supporting the uh, KKK or uh, you know supporting crimes against black people, supporting the uh, uh, genocide of black people? I mean, could you imagine we would have a civil war in this country? It would. It, it would. It, it, it wouldn't even be. I mean, like, but but yet you can have all these protests going on. In against the Jewish, against Jews, and that, and it's almost like these universities don't have a problem with it. I've been watching, you know, the talks going on. You know, it, it's awful. It's terrible. I've been listening to the presidents and the chancellors of these institutions being interviewed, and they won't condemn it. They won't condemn it. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? What the hell is wrong with this society?
4: I've got a neighbor who's Jewish and he's a really nice older guy. I've gotten to know him walking my dog through the neighborhood. And I've, after the slaughter, and again, I don't, I'm trying to stay off the news. It's just toxic for me and causes my blood pressure. But after the, the, the Hamas, uh, slaughter and kidnapping, he's got all these, uh, photos of actual photos of people with signs in his yard said, kidnapped. This person has been kidnapped, and you know all these—you uh, know—young faces or you know young old, uh, you know uh, Jewish people have been kidnapped. Uh, and it's—he's—I wanted to—I was going to ask him about that, you know. But I—I'm not—I'm like you. I'm, and now you have Jewish friends, and and you've talked to them, and and you spoke to their afraid to even go to their synagogue for repercussions, or maybe someone might you know try to do harm them, but you know i wanted to ask him you know what i just don't know the history of it i should look into it really but i, I haven't but i just i felt like i wanted to ask him with those signs man I mean, they're all factual pictures of people who've been kidnapped by Hamas, and and you know regardless I, there's no no a thousand i think a thousand people got, got killed in that attack
2: yeah listen, and, it's awful but you know the history you, you should go back and you know look at the history of Jews. Yeah, I mean, even before the Holocaust, I mean, what they've endured as a religion is unbelievable. But, you know, we're in 2023 now. You know, where is the support for a group of people in the United States of America? I mean, it's just I guess the thing that bothers me is either go all in or don't go in at all. All right. If you're LeBron James and you want to use your power as one of the most high profile people in America, which you are and you have you know, so, uh, one of the highest social media followings of any person in the country. You could do so much for this country if you really wanted to, but instead you divide the country because everyone knows that you only care about a certain sector of society. And I have a problem with that, you know, and I have a problem with the political correctness bullshit that goes on in our sports world with the National Football League and the NBA, you know, who want to put end racism and all this garbage on the back of their helmets. But it's like, oh, but you know what? Oh, Semitism. Uh, yeah, we better be quiet on this. Same. With, that's that's wrong. It's flat out wrong. Either you are going to. Try to help make society better, or you're not. You can't just go and say, well, we're only going to support our black. Yeah, We're not gonna support this. That's we're that. not gonna support that. It's a joke. You look at all the pride nights going on. Look at what our sports leagues do for our gay community. So they're gonna do all of these special nights for our gay community. They're gonna do all these special nights to you know, end racism and it takes all of us. But when it comes to the Jews of our country, Oh, no you know what we're going to remain quiet it's a joke it's a jo- it's an absolute outrage
4: you know it just lends to the hypocrisy of, of uh of uh in the double standards i mean at least you know george floyd's brother came out and said he actually came out i believe and said you know all lives do matter you know when people
2: were so exactly right when when people george were sentenced he came out on the court steps on the steps of the courthouse and said You know, we have to acknowledge that all lives matter. Well, yeah, you know, I said that. Look what happened to me. Uh, Yeah, again, it's a it's a because you know what? Because I I didn't have uh, I I don't even have to get into it. It will make me furious. Everyone knows what happened to me is wrong. I am confident I'm going to prevail in my lawsuit. I very rarely ever and I mean ever run into somebody when I tell my story that isn't outraged at what happened to me. I mean, it doesn't matter whether I'm talking to a black person, a white person, an American, somebody from a European nation, somebody in Thailand, you know, where I've been to. I mean, I tell Thai people what happened to me. They can't believe it. They're like, can you explain that? I don't understand. You got fired for what? And they go, what, Why? why? You know, they don't understand it. They're like, how could you possibly be fired for that? I, I was, you know, at a wedding in Croatia speaking with Croatians, I was in Montenegro for a day, speaking with people that have no allegiance to America and you know, asking me what I do. And then you know, obviously they're big NBA fans. Some people heard about what happened to me, others had it. Not one person was anything other than appalled about what happened to me. I told you, I ran into a friend of mine who was in yeah. Dubai, all right, in Dubai. He's not even American. He went to Dubai on business and they ended up having a conversation about Black Lives Matter. And he said, oh, wow. I have a guy that, a friend of mine who was fired for All Lives Matter. And the people in Dubai said, wait a minute, is that the basketball announcer? They knew about me in Dubai and they were appalled. You know, it's just, again, it's hypocrisy. It's double standards. And it's people that are afraid to speak up about the truth. Everyone's hiding under rocks in the United States. And our sports leagues should be ashamed of themselves, ashamed of themselves, that they're willing to take a stand for gay rights, for for the black nation, for other groups. But when it comes to anti-Semitism, they're crickets. That's wrong.
4: 100%. And here's another thing with the, I mean, just the other, other a couple of weeks ago, I'm watching an NFL game and the two teams start fighting. And here in the middle, it's just it's like almost like a, George Carlin, the late comedian, who to me was just a like really a satirist. He was just brilliant because he could just take a the irony of a situation. These guys are in a, right clear as a bell on these these two teams that are fighting on national TV. Is there is there a little you know choose love, choose love message on their uh, on their neck rolls under their helmet? I'm like laughing to myself because it was just such an ironic moment. I'm looking, watching these I idiots. Know. Beat, try to beat the crap out of each other. It's football, for God's sake. And there's choose love, Nate, all over it. I know, it's a joke.
2: It's, it's a, a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. The whole thing is a, is nothing other than window dressing. So, mm-hmm. hey, it's a good call today, Al. I'm going to get to some other ones. I appreciate you. and Thanks very much for chiming in today.
4: Yeah, you bet. Bye. Take care.
2: All right, you too. Bye bye. Let's get to uh, some other folks right here. We say hello to Jerry in Sacramento. Jerry, good afternoon. How are you?
5: hey grant what's going on but grant that was a great call uh the you and Al had listen uh listening to your rant this morning uh Jamal Adams when uh, when did players get so sensitive they can't even handle a little bit of criticism
2: well and again if you if you can handle criticism and you want to go after the reporter then go after the reporter right. don't go after the reporter's wife who's a private figure who now all of a sudden you you've embarrassed, ridiculed. Uh, it's just flat out wrong. I mean, it's, just, it's one of the lowest things that I've seen an athlete do. For the folks that don't know what happened, uh, a reporter with the Jets who had some beefs with Jamal Adams uh, after the go-ahead touchdown that Dallas had to beat Seattle last Thursday, put the video of Jamal Adams being beat and how bad he was on a play and put yikes on the caption. And then Jamal Adams was able to find a picture of the reporter's wife put it on Twitter or X and use the caption, yikes. And, you know, Pete Carroll came out, ripped the hell out of Jamal Adams, which he should have. And Jamal Adams has since taken down the post, but it's still there. And it's, it's embarrassing. I mean, you don't, you don't bring in someone's wife who, I mean, it's, it's as low as you can go.
5: You know what, Grant? I mean, I know he has beef with this reporter. You know what you guys settle it, you know, leave innocent family members, leave them, leave them alone. Seriously. It's unbelievable
2: to me. It's absolutely unbelievable to me. It's uh, it's as bad as it
5: gets. Grant, can the reporter go after him, Grant, for any kind of damages if he wanted to? No. Okay. No. No. All right. No. Grant, turning to uh, uh, the 49ers, uh, do you, uh, can you see this team uh, winning out, or do you think they may have a tough time with, Jack's, uh, with uh, uh, Baltimore?
2: Uh, I think they could have a tough time with Baltimore because of Baltimore's defense, but could they win out? Yeah. I don't think they, 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 the last game of the year may not be important. So they may not play a lot of players, but you know, if you were telling me when San Francisco was fully healthy, they're better than Baltimore Uh, when San Francisco has got Trent Williams and Debo Samuel on the field with McCaffrey. And, uh, you know, as long as Nick Bosa and chase young and George Kittle are there. And, you know, I mean, all the other, They're the best team in football. Jerry, I told you at the beginning of the season I only had this team losing three games, Yeah, and I'm still going to hold to that. I still think they only lose three games. I think they will run the table.
5: Grant, do you think – Unless the last game is meaningless. Do you think they still have a shot at the number one seed? Yeah, of course. And, you know, Grant, because I would rather uh, them have the uh, game against Philadelphia here than – Go back over there. I mean, granted, I know they just kicked their butts, but um, hey, um, it's very hard to beat a team, Grant, twice in a season.
2: No, it's not. I think that's one of the biggest myths in all the sports. It's not hard to beat a team twice in a season. If you're better than that team, you'll beat them twice. I, I don't agree with that. Uh, I don't think it's hard to beat a team three times in a season. I remember everyone saying that in 1987 mm-hmm. when the Giants won the Super Bowl and they played Washington in the NFC Championship and all the pundits were, gee, you know, it's a bad matchup for the Giants. You know, it's hard to beat a team uh, three te- three times in a season. No, it's not. Uh, they shut them out in the championship game, 17-0. Um, it's not hard to beat a team if you're better than them. So I've never agreed with that, Jerry. I, I don't believe that true. I think San Francisco will beat Seattle rather easily this week. And the reason for that is because they're a better team, not because they're playing them twice and it's hard to beat a team twice. So I've never been a believer in that. If you're better, you'll win the game, period.
5: Grant, question. uh, uh, One more about uh, Tyrus Halliburton and Darren Fox. Uh, When he first got traded, Grant, I think you were saying that Indiana, uh, they did not want Darren Fox. I mean, we do not know that for sure, but they wanted Tyrus Halliburton. You think if, uh, if if it was the other way around and Darren Fox was playing like he is now, do you think Indiana would have wanted Fox?
2: I can't speak for Indiana. I know they're very happy with Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. You know, based on how Halliburton is playing right now, and based on his leadership, and based on everything else, I think that Indiana would have just kept Tyrese Halliburton. If you said they can't have Halliburton and they had to have Fox. With the way Fox is right now, I think they'd be perfectly happy with that too. But obviously Halliburton has worked out perfectly for them, and I don't think they have any problems with it. But, you know, when the trade was made, Fox wasn't playing the way he's playing now.
5: Right. And do you think that had anything to do with uh, still Halliburton on the floor with Fox? And then Fox? Uh, I, think, I, I,
2: I think it has more to do with Sabonis being on the floor. I think he's a perfect oh. complement to Fox, and I think oh. that he's completely changed the Aaron Fox's game.
5: I see. And Grant, um, is there any more updates on your lawsuit? Nope, uh, it's still ongoing.
2: Uh, We have finished Discovery, so all that is in the books. We go to the next phase of the lawsuit, which is summary judgment, which won't be until the spring. And uh, I'll update everyone when it's pertinent.
5: You know, Grant, and I can't wait, you know, just to have Weber and...
2: Jerry, you still there? Jerry, you broke up. You can't wait it, till what?
5: I said I can't wait till they have Weber and Barnes on the stand. Uh, uh, you know what? You know for for all those uh, you know lies that they said about you.
2: Well, we're probably not going to have them on the stand because they're not really uh, pertinent to the case, like the way you think. Uh, we may, we may not. Um, I can't speak for my attorney. If I had to guess right now, I'd probably say. More likely not than more likely, but that could change. And when I say they're not part of the case, I, I should retract that. They they are they are part of the case, but not 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 the way you think.
5: Uh, it would be um, like perjury, right? Perjury. If I'm saying that right,
2: yeah. I mean, uh, no, it will, I, I'm not qualified to answer that question, but I would say no. But I'm not qualified okay. to answer that. Perjury only uh, can occur. When you are sworn under oath in a court proceeding and you lie, like when Chris Webber lied to the grand jury, that's perjury, and he was he he was convicted for it. So that's now what you're talking about is defamation, which is not perjury. So again, I'm I'm not an attorney, but I'm just trying to help you out. Perjury occurs when you are under oath and lie in a court proceeding. That's perjury. Chris Webber lied under oath to the grand jury and was charged of a crime for lying under oath. You see the difference?
5: Yes, Grant. I see it, Grant. Thank you for explaining that. All right, sir. Well, I just thought I would uh, chime in and uh, you guys have a rest of uh, a good show tonight, okay? Thank you very much.
2: Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, we got uh, Thursday Night Football, which is kind of a dud, uh, the Patriots and the Steelers, and then tomorrow, uh, pregame with Ryan, halftime with Jerry Reynolds, postgame show, All on YouTube if you don't like that. Interesting show today. Always fun. I appreciate each and every one of you. And we will talk to
3: you soon. So long, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered
2: Jumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
2: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
2: Whoa.